Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Women Extraordinary Stories, a podcast by Women's Heart Engaging Network. This is where you'll hear incredible stories from women of all different backgrounds and walks of life. We hope that these stories touch you and remind you that even in the most difficult seasons of life, there is still hope. So take a moment, settle in, and get ready to hear one extraordinary story. Today, it is a pleasure to have Jen Ennis as our special guest. Jen Ennis is the co-host of the Raising Mom podcast, a ministry of Costa Church. She's a mom of three young boys and has been married to her husband, Mike, for 11 years. Jen is the owner of the branding and design firm, Jenis Design Company. She currently sits on the board of directors at Costa Church. Having served in various roles over the past 25 years, she loves spending time with her family and is currently attempting to learn watercolor painting. Jen will be interviewed today by one of her good friends, Jessica Weiss. Jessica Weiss, longtime member of Costa Church, ladies' life group leader, my life group leader, homeschooling mother of four. She loves spending time with her family, going on new adventures, watching sunsets, and living life to its fullest. We invite you now to sit back, relax, and enjoy this beautiful interview. Jen, super, super excited to be interviewing you in person on Zoom. In person. I feel like we're in person. We're like I know. each other. We're almost like sitting next to each other. <laughs> but anyway, um, just wanted to um, say thank you for coming on and being a part of one and sharing your story and opening up to us and all the women out there. And um, because I've heard a bit of it before, I'm super excited for what everyone's going to hear. And us going back, we've been friends pretty much like as soon as I met you at Coastal Church, it was an instant like, she's amazing. I would like to have as much time to get to know her as possible. But you're very much like, you know, in the um, like exclusive pastor circle, of course, you know, but in like a really good way. But it's just like, you are amazing to even call a friend. So I'm so blessed to call your friend. And I like to say that your mom is my spiritual mom. Yeah. And, um, and then even because she also shares the same birthday as my mom. So I'm like, it's like we're like um, spiritual sisters, which we are, but even more so. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so it's so awesome to be um, able to share and be on this story with you. So to hear your story come out. So will you please introduce yourself, like tell us, um, you know, where you were born, what your family is like, and um, where you are now in your life. Yes. Thank you for having me. It is a treat to be here with you. And I actually, I have to say, I remember when you and Joe first came and we met at church and you had just had Jocelyn. I don't think she was very old. And I remember thinking, oh, she's so beautiful. <laughs> and thinking, I want to get to know her. So how fun that all these years later that we get to do this together. So I was born in Swift Saskatchewan. I'm the oldest of four. And uh, my mom and dad, we, we lived in this small town in Saskatchewan because my dad was in the oil industry. And so that's where work was at the time. And so he was there for work. So we lived there until I was five. And then we moved to Regina when I was 10. And my dad continued to work for a chemical engineering company. And uh, there's four of us kids. I have four or three siblings and a brother and two sisters. And um, at that time, there was just three of us. And we moved to Regina, my dad. He left his job in, uh, in the oil industry, chemical engineering, which is, a, which is a big job, a good job. 
and he left it to help my grandpa start a church. So you can imagine that was a very big step for my parents, a big pay cut too. And they just really felt like that is where God wanted them to be. So that was kind of the start of what, even though my parents had always been involved in church life or in um, ministry life, that was the first time that they really went full time into that. And when I was 10, we moved to Vancouver and my mom and dad moved here to start a Bible school at a church in Surrey. And it was here that my youngest sister was born. And when I was a, a year after we moved here, my parents felt like God was just speaking to their heart and that they needed to start a church downtown of Vancouver. And at the time, there weren't a lot of churches in downtown Vancouver, especially the West End. Um, just not a lot of churches. It wasn't a very church-friendly community. And so, again, that was a big, brave step of faith that they took. And uh, we started Coastal Church, and that was 26 years ago. And uh, fast forward to 2008, and that's when I met my husband at church. And so I was really You seriously look like you're only 26, I have to say. Oh, I will take that. Thank you. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, we met, we met at church, and uh, we've been married for 11 years, and we have three boys. Jake is 10, John is 7, and Jet is 2. You are now married. You've met an amazing man at church. You have three kids. And um, also, you are a business owner. So you also, in addition to being a business owner, started a podcast. And you and Pastor Cheryl give some really encouraging tips to moms on like how to go through motherhood plus during this time. So um, what are some things that you want to share about the podcast? Why did you start doing the podcast and why now? That's a great question. So um, we started the podcast. We actually started thinking about doing a podcast a while ago. So Pastor Cheryl's my mom. And, um, you know, it was probably about two years ago that we were talking one day in the living room. And I kind of joked with her and just said, oh, like these conversations, we should just record our conversations. You you mother me so much in like a good way. I'm sure other people would love to hear what you're sharing. And so we kind of joked around like, oh, we should do a mother-daughter podcast. How fun would that be if we did it under the umbrella of a coastal church and kind of like for women and for moms. But I think maybe just the the thought of starting a podcast felt a little bit overwhelming at the time because it's not like we had nothing on our plates. And so we just shoved it a bit aside and we're like, okay, whatever. But it just wouldn't leave us alone. And so we said, okay, let's just, we'll pray about it. And, um, you know, if there is a piece about it, or if this just continues to come up in our hearts, then we'll, we'll pursue it. And so that went on for about two years. And at the start of 2019, we, we finally said, you know, if we don't do this, I think God is telling us soon, if we don't do it, we're going to be disobedient to God. We need to obey him and just start. And it's funny because that's when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And so um, we couldn't even do it in person. And uh, Coastal has this great recording studio. We weren't able to do it there. We just ended up we're like, you know what? Let's just start on Zoom. And at least it'll be something. And we didn't really expect it to be, um, not that we didn't expect it to, to work. We just kind of were like, let's just do it. And if even we said, even if just one person listens, then, um, then it's great. And we were surprised when we started to see the statistics come back. Like, oh, people are really listening to this. And so 
And then we start to get questions and different people asking us different things. And so it's a faith-based podcast on motherhood. And I think the best part is just that I get to do it with my mom. And, and the conversations that we have in the podcast are pretty authentic to our relationship and who we are. Um, we're yeah. really not trying to make it something that we're not. It's very real. And um, so we just wrapped season one and this week, season two launched. And so we made it through our first season. And uh, the whole premise of the podcast is really just to empower moms that when they listen, our biggest prayer is that they would feel encouraged, that they would feel inspired to be the mom that God has called them to be. And that after listening, they would feel like, oh, hey, I can do this. God has given me everything I need to be the best mom. There is a lot of negativity and there's a lot of ways as moms that we feel like, oh, I'm not doing a good job, or maybe I missed the mark, or do I, am I doing this? And so we really wanted to mix practical parenting advice with, um, yeah, with, with the God side of things. And so that people, when moms listen, they feel encouraged. And I, we called it Raising Mom because uh, one day I was like, oh, mom, I feel like you are still mothering me but you're not mothering me in the way that maybe she did when I was a teenager or a child. You know, it's a different type of parenting. And I, I said, you're really like a mother to me now as a mom. You are raising me as a mom. And so that's where the name oh, Raising cool. Mom came, where it was just like, and we want to continue to raise other moms to be followers of Jesus and just feel like they can be the best moms that God's called them to be. Yes. And um, what I have picked up from the podcast is just you really do like just help take that burden off as a mom raising children. You just, just like you share so intimately and you um, share just like solid advice. Like some of my best parenting advice comes from your mom from going to parenting courses at church. So now you guys are like doing it on such a regular basis. And then um, it just feels like, Oh, it's just always so refreshing. So thank you for oh. doing that. It's so, so good. And then another thing that comes out from your podcast clearly is that you have a true entrepreneur spirit. And um, But things have not always gone as planned, though. So mm. in one of your podcast episodes, it's success and significance. Can you tell us something about, that's something that everyone wrestles with, yes. um, su success and significance. And can you tell us um, how being seen and living a life that has significance. Can you tell us about that season in your life? Yeah, I'd love to. So yeah, we did do an episode where I talked about that. Um, I'll start at the beginning. I had growing up in church and my parents being pastors, church life was the life that I knew. And honestly, the life that I loved. I, I loved being at church all the time. I started working. Um, as soon as I graduated from high school, I started working at the church and Quite honestly, I just always pictured myself working at the church forever, being a pastor, marrying a pastor. Like that is just kind of what I saw the trajectory of my life looking like. And I really didn't want to do anything else. Actually, I wasn't even going to go to, to like post-secondary education. And my parents said, no, you're going to get more than a high school diploma. And so I took two years off to figure that out. And they said, you know, I remember the two-year mark, my dad was like, what are you going to do? Like you you need to go to school. And so I had, through working at the church, kind of found an interest in graphic design. And so I thought, I'll go to like design school. Ended up loving it. And But anyway, so I had always worked at the church in some capacity, been involved. 
And I had gotten to the point where I had graduated from design school. I even had turned down my dream job um, with a big magazine company out in the States. They wanted me to come down and uh, work on designing this, this big magazine. And Amazing. I, it, was, it was the job that everybody dreamed of getting. It was a great salary. It was a big company. It would have been very like, oh, I work there, you know, and... And uh, I was coming home and I just felt like I'm not supposed to be there. That job isn't mine. Like, I just don't feel like that's what God wants me. And so I turned it down and everybody in like that I'd gone to school with, including teachers, was like, you're crazy. You know, you're going to ruin your career. Nobody does that. And so wow. instead I decided, you know, I just really want to work at the church with my mom and dad. And at the time our, our staff was small. And so I had asked my dad, I said, hey, can you hire me as a graphic designer. I'd love to, I think we can do something. And so I'm getting to the success and significance part, but I had, you know, worked there long enough that had built up an amazing creative team along with others. But, you know, really my brother and I built up this team together and was in this position that I really loved. And, um, I had become, I got married, become a mom at this point, And, um, I was on my mat leave with my second child. And uh, it was at that time that my parents had asked me if I would be willing to step down from my position on staff and uh, join the board of directors, which was a huge honor. And I was very thankful and very, you know, honored by that. But it was a big step because it meant that I, I wouldn't have the job at the church anymore. And I was like, okay, we prayed about it. And I felt like that was the right thing to do. I did it. And um, then I realized, oh, wait, like I still have to make money. So that's kind of how I accidentally started my business. And I was in this season of just feeling like, what is my purpose? Like, you know, I'd always found identity in being at the church. So here I was now a young mom of two. My husband and I had moved away from downtown. My life was in this one block radius where we lived, you know, a block away from the church and then we worked at the church. We went to church. The church was here. My parents lived a block away as well. My husband felt so claustrophobic mm-hmm. by <laughs> the coop life all together. He, we were newlyweds and, and new parents. And he was just like, I, we, we just need some space to kind of have our own. And so uh, we had two really young kids and we had moved out to the suburbs. And I felt like my whole life had just kind of like, turned upside down in a way of this is not at all what I thought my life would look like. Like, this is not what I was expecting. And it it may seem silly to some, but for me, that is where I found so much identity was in being my parents' daughter. And then also what I did at the church. And as, as much as I, I don't like to admit that I felt this way, there was almost even a sense of pride in that. And I felt like during that season, everything that I had identified myself with was just completely stripped away. And so I was left at this season of life with two young kids feeling like, who am I? What, what am I supposed to do? Like, I did not expect this. I'm at home with two young kids. Like, and not that I didn't love being their mom. I just felt like there was so much more in me. And I just felt a little bit forgotten. If if that makes sense, just kind of like, you know, Somebody else had taken the job I was doing and I it just felt a little bit like replaceable, if, mm. if that makes sense. And so I was wrestling with those feelings. And I, I remember I was at my mom and dad's house and they used to have the pastoral team over for a meeting every week. And 
I was pushing my double stroller. So if you ever push a double stroller, you know how easy those things are <laughs> to put out the door. <laughs> and I opened the door of their apartment and I was trying to push two toddler, a toddler and a baby out who were crying. I was totally interrupting the meeting. I was a little bit embarrassed. I was like, oh, sorry guys, you know? And um, banging the stroller at the door. And I, I started to just like, it kind of just came over me like, oh, man. And I looked at that table and I had this thought to myself where I thought I should be there. I should be mm. at that table. Like I should be one of those people. And I felt a little bit not wronged by God, but God, like you forgot about me. You missed it. Like wow. pick me and I'm not there and I've done everything. You know, God, I served you. I, I, you know, did everything you asked me to do and I was obedient and I wasn't rebellious. <laughs> like all these things where I always okay. felt like, God, I'm unjustified. You need to like, and I remember he spoke so clearly to my heart of feeling, com- I just felt insignificant. I felt completely insignificant. And he said to me, as I clanked my way out the door, he spoke to my heart and said, Jen, if you were sitting around that table right now, you would not be able to do what I called you to do. Wow. For me, that was the moment that, that was just my moment where I just released it all to the Lord. And I finally just surrendered my plan, my idea of how I thought my life should look, what I thought I should be doing. And I remember as I was getting on that elevator, like with tears in my eyes, I just said, Jesus, like I'm done, like I'm done striving to make something happen. And I just was like, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever that looks like, I don't care anymore. Like I'll do whatever. And I released it. And that was, you know, probably eight years ago and uh, just under eight, over eight, under eight years ago. And uh, I feel like since then, God began this work in my heart where he began to untangle all my expectations, all the dissatisfaction, the pride, the identification and things that I shouldn't have found identification in. And he began to just do a transformational work in my heart and started to realize that my success and significance wasn't tied to any of those things. It truly is tied to Jesus. And that's why now, even with my own business, I kind of like fumbled into that. It it wasn't intentional. I'm very thankful God blessed it, but I feel like it can hold it with very open hands because if at any point God was like, okay, I want you to do something else. I feel like I could truly say, okay, because I don't feel like my identity is in that, but he needed to bring me to that point where I had to release that to him. So good. I love stories of surrender and just letting go to God. And I knew I would be crying. And so I should have brought Kleenex, but anyway, (laughs) so good. Um, So yes. Okay. So that was amazing. And now in this season with a young family, you never thought, like you said, you'd be starting a business. So how did it begin? Yeah, it's a great question. So it began in that season because I joined the board of directors, which I'm very thankful I did. I loved it completely, but um, I needed to, like I said, make, make some money. And so I had, while I was working at the church, I had done freelance design kind of on the side and just to, when we needed some extra cash, I would pick up projects. And so I, I contacted some of those people and I, and the church, thankfully they, they were super gracious and they kept me on as much as they could on contract. Um, there's a limit 
because of conflict of interest, but they kept me on. So they were a client and then um, I continued to do brand development. So I still oversee all brand development at the church, but I also started to just work and, you know, kind of say, Hey, I'm doing this. And slowly things started to pick up. And uh, I never really saw it as a business though. I always just saw it as a bit of a means to an end for our family. Uh, and then about four years ago, my husband was working on a contract that ended sooner than we thought. Uh, he's a video editor and that contract ended much sooner than we thought it would. And all of a sudden we were at a place where we were on uh, a single family income. We were relying on me and it definitely was not <laughs> going to do the trick. And that was the time when I really started to, we got desperate and it was really hard. And there was probably a two-year window where it was to the point where we were like, um, how are we going to put food on the table bad? Like it just was so, I wasn't a businesswoman. I didn't go into starting a business with this great business plan. You know, <laughs> I didn't have all those ducks in a row. I felt like I was just constantly learning and playing catch up because we had to, and our family just needed that, you know? And, uh, and then we, God really started to open doors and bless what we were doing. And, um, you know, even as my husband started to look for other work, we started to realize, well, God's really blessing this business. And we made the hard call, the really weird call that, hey, maybe he should stay home with the kids and I'll keep working, which is what I never thought I would do. I always thought I'd be home, you know, like it was never this plan. And and so we kind of joke that we fumbled our, our way into starting a business and it didn't look at all, you know, if you told us 11 years ago that this is what it would look like, we'd be saying, no, that's not what's going to happen. But, you know, God's ways really are higher than our ways. And he opened up something that was so much better than we could have even imagined. And I think we discovered something that like, oh, we actually like this. And I, I discovered something that I didn't even know I enjoyed doing. And so, um, that's kind of how we, how we started. So now we have a, a design company. We do corporate brand and development. We do design for corporate companies and branding from beginning to end. And so um, we have a little team now that works for us. And so it's, it's fun. Amazing. Amazing. And I know your husband, I know Mike, and I just bet, I just know that like, this is probably like, it is God's ways higher than our ways. And and like, he would be just an amazing dad to be like around your boys all the time and yeah. just there for them and taking care of them. So fun. They're probably like, this is amazing. And they still get to see Incredible. you. And I couldn't do what I do without him hands down. And he's been my biggest support. Honestly, I don't think I would have even gotten this far if he'd not been like, Jen, I think you can do it. Like he just really believed okay. in me and pushed me. So I, I'm very thankful for him. And we've said so many times, like, God, I don't know what you're up to. I think when, one day we're going to look back, but I've, I've said to Mike a few times, I, I wonder why God thought you needed to be around our boys during the season. I don't know why, but I feel like with three boys, for whatever reason, God just knew that our boys needed their daddy home and around them. And so we just trust. I don't think it'll be our forever and uh, I think Mike would be the first to say, I can't be stable dad forever. <laughs> but not that he doesn't love them, but, um, but right now that's where God has us. And I think when you're walking in what God has for you, there's grace for that season. And mm -hmm. 
So there is a grace on us to do this that maybe wouldn't be on somebody else because it's not what God's called them to walk through, what you and Joe do. There is a grace on your family to do what you do. I look at you guys and I think, how do you do that with four kids? Like I couldn't do that. But there's a grace on you guys, God's grace for your family, for what he's called you to do. And I think in the same way, there's just this grace on our family in this season to do what he's called us to do. Yeah, yeah. Certainly treasured times that they're having with Mike, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And with you there at home. (laughs) Okay. And then like many moms right now, you are navigating working from home, like we just Mm -hmm. mentioned, and running your business and even all during a pandemic and everything that's happening. Meanwhile, like you totally don't look like that's causing any issues though. Your smile is bigger than all of that. (laughs) So so good. So um, what has been your biggest challenge during this season? Oh, for sure. Well, I think every mom would say that there has been a challenge. My personal biggest challenge during the season has been school, for sure. Um, Our kids were at an amazing school. And when everything shut down um, with working from home and having a toddler and then having, I really relied on that school day to get a lot of work done to be available then when they were home. And um, all of a sudden I was trying to there's kids running around and you're trying to do meetings and we just like most parents weren't prepared for that. So that was the biggest challenge and struggle. And then we decided to homeschool this year. And so, you know, yeah. why not? <laughs> just add it on. Exactly. Just a lot of grace. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you guys could do it. Yes. So it's been great. Uh, I think there's been a lot of positives to homeschooling, but it's, been very very challenging and and I find I don't know if you find this it's been really time consuming so I I think the biggest challenge for me then would be working from home and also being in office when the kids are home like I'm home but I'm not technically a stay-at-home mom but to them they just think mom is home and so it's hard for them when they know that mom's here but I don't feel like I can be available to them Um, I think it may be gives me a bit of mom guilt sometimes where I hear our two-year-old crying and I just want, I'm on a call and I, you know, my mom instinct is like, I just want to go cuddle him and comfort him. And, you know, I I hear that, but I can't. And that has been so hard for me. And I think my prayer through that is like, God, don't ever let them think that I, you know, wasn't around, you know, but on the flip side, I'm very thankful that I, I do get to work from home and be here with them. But that's probably been one of the hardest things for me. Yeah, definitely. And understandable for sure. And so in your podcast, you and your and Pastor Cheryl give some really great advice um, on um, so much excellent advice. But on that topic, um, what was the best advice your mom ever gave you? Well, I have to say Cheryl Coop gives very good advice. Um, yeah. She rarely ever steered me wrong. But... Joke, she always told me to match my bra with my panties. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I took notes on that. Yep. <laughs> um, she also, this may seem like really just simple, but she always told me to take good care of myself, make sure that, you know, and still to this day, she's a very good example of that. Um, she's always make sure that, you know, you look your best. That doesn't mean you have to always be like totally made up to what the world defines as looking your best but you look your personal best with that, whatever that is for you. So she, you know, wear deodorant, color your hair, you know, like yeah. just a few things to feel good. Um, 
you know, even now I talked to her the other day about a meeting that I'm going to. She said, Jen, you know, you want to for that meeting because she's so professional. You know, here she Mm -hmm. also in pastoring a church, she runs a staff of, you know, 40 people, right? So she's very professional too. And she said, you know, Jen, when you're going to a meeting, make sure you dress a certain way that you have to dress the part and be yourself, but you need to dress the part. Like, so she's, she's very good at telling me how to present myself depending on where that is. And so I think that's some of the best advice that she's given me aside from, of course, you know, loving Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus. She just gives good practical advice. Even to me as a mom, she's, she's there to give great practical advice about even another good piece of advice that she gave me is she's always told me to always speak the best of my husband and to always speak positively of him and just the power of the way that I speak about him to others and she was always a very good example she's a great example of a working mom she's a great example of follower Jesus but she's also a very good example of um being a wife and I've always heard her speak super well of my dad. And so um, I feel like that's been good advice too, that she's given to me. So good. Another crying moment. So amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So, so good. It's just such solid advice. It's like, so, so good. So, okay. Then, so it's so timely for everyone for just advice, parenting advice, mom advice, um, working from home advice, juggling all these things, all of that advice. So it's so good that you have so many um, different um, podcasts and then that season two is coming out. So that's so good. But Honestly, I think all the mothers out there just really need to know we're all in this together and we're going to make it so good. And could you share three things you think our moms would need to know during this time? Mm -hmm. Or just know in general. Yeah. Three things during this time, I would say God's grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. You don't have to have it all together. And that is okay. We lean into the one who does have it all together. And Jesus is there to be our strength. And there are days when you feel like, I can't do this, or the kids are driving me crazy. And Jesus is our strength. So I would say that during this time, first and foremost. The second thing I would say to moms during this time is one of the best things that we can do is surround ourselves with other like-minded women who can encourage us and support us. You know, there's a verse in in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, that says, when gossip stops, the quarreling stops. So when we are gossiping, those women relationships, those female friendships, they're not going to fuel us and um, be the encouragement that we need. God intended friendships to be like a sweet fragrance they should refresh us and so surrounding ourselves with women that aren't going to be gossipy or talking behind our backs but women who are really going to champion us and encourage us and say you can do it so I think that would be the other thing is to find just a good support system of women and then I think the third thing of advice in this season would be to make memories and so let's enjoy, even though it's different, even though we don't even know what's going to happen next. Like, I think we've all thrown that out the window, the planning and the preparing kind of like, well, we don't really know what's coming and to make the most of it. You know, we have an opportunity as moms during this time. We really set the tone for our home. I don't know if you found that, but mm-hmm. moms 
carry this special, unique, God-given responsibility to set the tone of the atmosphere of our home. And if yep. we are grumbling and complaining and like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. No, that's what our kids are going to pick up. And that's how they will remember the season. But we have the opportunity to change that narrative mm-hmm. to be positive. And if we can't think of anything, just think of something to be thankful for, but to express thankfulness and make memories, fun memories. So maybe you can't go out on that family trip we were planning, but making a fun memory, we're going to go for a walk. How fun is this? And find ways to make unique, even if it's baking cookies with your kids or, or finding something, a way to help them have a positive memory of this season and even if they think oh we didn't get to do everything that we would have done or life was really different but that their memory of us even being like wow I just loved mom and dad or mom or dad just made this feel so made that season feel so secure and safe for me in the way they approached it so so good I like that a lot and um, going on the topic though as things do not go as planned sometimes I know that there's been some challenges that you've you've um, faced and that you've gone through with your journey in motherhood that have, um, that, and some challenges you've faced recently. Yeah. Um, there have been some significant struggles that you've mentioned before, um, both physically and emotionally. Could you share any of those with us um, regarding your journey in motherhood? Yes, of course. I'd love to. So my journey in motherhood, um, I always had really great pregnancies, wonderful pregnancies. I was blessed with that. Aside from some morning sickness, great. I love being pregnant. All the rest, I have had um, very difficult uh, labors. So I think the best one was my first and had a C-section because, you know, emergency C-section, that was the easiest moment. And then our second son was born premature and spent some time in the NICU and and so, but, you know, it was healthy. And so that was, that was an adjustment. And then with our third son, uh, we found out when I was pregnant with him that I had started having contractions in about 20 weeks. And so, of course, they were concerned that I would deliver prematurely again, as I had uh, with Jonathan, our middle son. And so started to do some tests and realized that I had uh, like an incompetent cervix. And so they put me on bed rest for the, the duration of my pregnancy and uh, at the time, we thought that we were kind of over the hump with that. And so because I had had a C-section with my first, but I had had a natural birth with our second, they figured a natural birth with our third would be just fine. And plus, it had been uh, eight years since my C-section, so I should have healed just fine. So they really weren't worried about uh, rupturing anything. And so they really thought that if we can just not avoid a premature birth and we're in the clear and so we really prayed and God answered that prayer over and above because not only did I not deliver prematurely, he was a week overdue. And so, wow. um, yeah. but with that, I started to get concerned because I knew that I could only deliver naturally up to a certain weight. That's what they had told me after Jonathan was born. And I, I could tell that Jet, our youngest, was beyond that. And I started to get a little bit worried and I had expressed that concern to the doctor and she had said, I think you're okay. And, you know, I feel like moms just kind of know, we just have this intuition. God put something in us where we know when something's not quite right. And so I, um, they, they weren't going to induce me. I really encouraged them, persuaded them, pushed them to get this baby out. They said, no, you can, you can try this on your own first. 
And yeah. And I, yep, so wow. I actually think I need to have a C-section, something just, I don't feel right about this. And so long story short, um, I ended up, my uterus ended up rupturing with jet, which of course is very dangerous to both mom and baby. Uh, many moms who, you know, have a uterine rupture, their babies don't make it because um, just what happens and, and, you know, moms can not make it as well. And so my uterus ruptured and jet had been, um, outside of my uterus and in my abdominal cavity for so long that when they, they got him out, um, he was blue and he wasn't, he wasn't breathing. And so I didn't know that I had gone in, they had put me under. So I didn't, I didn't even know my uterus had ruptured. I just knew something was wrong and they were taking me in for a C-section. And, and so, yeah. And then I found out afterwards, I remember when they were putting me under, I remember knowing that there was a moment that something wasn't right because I heard the doctor yell, she's losing too much blood. <laughs> and so, and then I passed out. And so, but I didn't know what had happened. And so then when I woke up, the, the doctor, the surgeon came in and said, you know, we're still not sure about your son. He, we've got him intubated and, you know, we're helping him breathe. We don't know if he can breathe on his own. He does look, he's going to probably have brain damage. And so they gave us that whole spiel that he the way he was born and uh they said you he was seconds from not making it and the surgeon said and you were minutes from losing your own life and wow. that was a very sobering moment and like I remember feeling like wow Jesus you spared my life for a reason and so God I don't know what you have and so we really began to pray for Jet and there was a moment when he was in NICU that he <laughs> I mean, what newborn knows to do this? He reached up and he grabbed the tube in his mouth and he yanked it out. Like that's not even like a a motion that a newborn baby knows to do, but he managed to pull the whole tube out himself. Wow. He started breathing on his own after he pulled it out. He extubated himself? He did. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) And the nurses were astonished. And I feel like I have no proof necessarily I feel like that's a moment where Jesus breathed life into him wow I just feel like there was maybe something beyond his little newborn self that he Jesus just breathed life into his body and you know the miracle is is that um there was no brain damage you know they first had brain damage and they said okay well he's gonna have seizures they just couldn't believe it and we had to do two years of follow-up appointments with the pediatrician and then he's like okay well he's gonna be delayed and so if anybody who knows Jet knows that he is literally the polar opposite of everything that anybody said he wouldn't be able to do. He is the most, he's probably our, our busiest. He is all three boys combined into one. He's hes so energetic and talkative and big and strong. And I just feel like that is the goodness of God. And so we're very thankful for that. And then uh, fast forward to this past summer, of course, the healing process for that was quite difficult afterwards and um we hadn't planned on getting pregnant again the doctors had told us they had encouraged us not to uh just because of what had happened and sure enough in the spring we found out we were pregnant um just a happy surprise and or initially it wasn't to be honest we we were terrified um because of how life-threatening new pregnancy would be again and uh we praying and we call our doctor we got a really good plan in place 
And then uh, when I was about 12 weeks, I miscarried a couple months ago. And so that was, that was difficult for us. That was hard. You know, anytime any mother who's lost a baby through miscarriage knows that you, you grieve the loss of the child that you were expecting to have. And so I, I feel like um, motherhood, well, I'm very, very, very thankful for three healthy boys there's a part of you that misses that other baby that you think, oh, what would life have been like if they were here with us, you know? And so uh, motherhood doesn't always go as planned. Certainly my labors and deliveries and the way my children came into the world didn't go as planned. And um, But through all of that, I have to say that there was just a peace and knowing Jesus, there's just this peace of God. And even through this season of miscarriage, and I feel like I'm still very sensitive to walking through God's peace doesn't displace grief. God allows us to grieve. He allows us to, it's a very healthy process. And I don't feel like God's peace has said, okay, you have to block that out of anything. He's allowed me to do that in a way where I can put my trust in him. And I just feel so, you know, that, that God's peace, it goes beyond our understanding Philippians says it guards our hearts and it guards our minds in Christ Jesus. And I think sometimes when things don't go as we plan or there's trauma or um, you can relate to this when there's trauma or things that it's like, it could be very um, difficult to process. Yep. God's peace is like a guard. It's a protective covering over our thoughts and our mind. Amen. It allows us to process things in a way that don't leave damage and, and major scars. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Wow. You just like totally wrapped that all up in a big hug for everyone. And it's like, I want to give you a hug. And oh, you're like wrapping God. everyone else up in such a big hug with just yeah. your like comfort and your words and just, you know, how real you've seen Jesus in every area of your life. It's just been amazing. And now he's literally leading you by your hand and you have absolutely nothing to fear it's so amazing to just hear you just share your story in such amazing detail and I'm like ah, (laughs) okay so so good okay so um so so amazing so on the uh, so like now let me make sure I can like see the next notes here (laughs) okay could you share more with us about Um, Well, you kind of just did. Okay, so we're just going to, um, like I said, throughout the story, your theme has been, it's so clear that God has a relationship with you. That's for sure. And you know that. And um, and he literally, like I said, just walks with you. Um, So it just comes to a really like sweet moment right now where um, would you be comfortable sharing this part as well with the ladies in a single prayer that they can pray to enter into a relationship themselves with Jesus and know him truly as their Lord, their savior, savior, their comforter, just as you know him. Would you be able to say a prayer for the ladies that are watching? And, um, and then all the ladies watching, there will be a call, a button that you can click on. And, um, those that you've prayed, you can, um, that have accepted Jesus into your heart, you can click on that button and accept it. And then, um, yeah, and that would be amazing. And we'll just ask you um, if you did click that button that you can fill out a connection card later on and we'll follow up with you. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every woman who is watching right now. 
in the same way that you are so real to me and you have been my ever-present help in every single time of need. I just sense that there are some moms that are listening and they're watching and they're saying, well, what about me? And you, Jesus, are no respecter of persons. You died on the cross. You paid the price for our sin. You offer forgiveness and a way for us to have a relationship with you, with the Father. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to every woman who is listening. If you've never received Jesus and you want to ask him to come into your life, I just encourage you in your heart or out loud to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I recognize that you need to be the Lord of my life. So I surrender everything to you. And I ask that you would come into my life. You would take the brokenness and the pain and the hurt, and you would replace it with your healing and your peace. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that he has been raised from the dead. So now I give my life to you as an offering. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So amazing. Thank you, Jen, for sharing your heart with us and sharing your walk with the Lord in every aspect, family, career, womanhood, momhood, all of that stuff. It's amazing. Thank you for doing that. And thank you everyone for watching. This has been so fun to um, be a part of this broadcast. Thank Thank you. you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure to be here with you, Jessica, and all the women in Wynn. Wow, what an incredible story. Thank you for joining us, and we truly hope that you were touched by the words you heard here today. If you have any questions or would simply like to connect with us, go to our website at www.whenetwork.ca. Also, make sure to give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at When Canada, and check out our YouTube at Women's Heart Engaging Network. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next one.